Glass here, people. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. Simpsons time. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to talk about today? Well, it turns out I'm going to talk about a non-classic episode called Eternal Moonshine of the Simpson Mind. A quite good episode from season 19. It won an Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program. Um, and it's a good example of latter-day Simpsons uh, doing movie parodies outright, you know, just very clearly making episodes that are homages to movies that are popular, um, as opposed to just dropping parodies in for a few seconds and having multiple ones in the same episode sometimes, which is what they tended to do more in the classic era. This episode was written by Jay Stewart Burns, uh, who I think is still on staff and is one of my favorite, uh, you know, sort of post 2000 Simpsons writers. He also wrote, um, the holiday episode that could have been the series finale. What is that called? Holidays of Future Past, I think. Super good. And this is directed by Chuck Sheets, and obviously it's a parody of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which involves somebody going through a process of uh, erasing their memory and a lot of the crazy filmic narrative has to do with memory and you know the sort of visual snippets of what you remember and what you don't remember um other Simpsons episodes that do this uh, are include Barthood, which was a parody of Boyhood, um, and very, very faithful to the sort of language, cinematic language of that movie. Um, and there was also one with a title that I can't remember, 
where Emily Blunt was the guest star, and it was a takeoff of Heavenly Creatures. And I thought that one was also really, really well done, especially since I love the movie Heavenly Creatures. Like, I was so glad that they kind of got it right. Anyway, this one is in the vein a little bit of ones like Trilogy of Error, which came in season 11 uh, and sort of messes with the linearness of the narrative. You see things that are happening at the same time and that happened in the past and you see sort of the same scenes over and over again. And it's good. It's a very ambitious uh, thing to do with the Simpson characters. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's this sort of like boundlessly creative impulse that people have after dealing with the same characters for season after season after season after season after season. Just try to do ever newer things. Uh, the plot of this is that Homer wakes up in the snow, and there's an interesting Peanuts-esque moment. It sort of reminded me of Snoopy on top of his doghouse, where uh, Homer is buried under a pile of snow and wakes up and walks home. And he finds out that everyone is gone. The whole family is gone, and the dog is mad at him. So he goes to Moe's to try to piece this together. And he starts to remember certain things, one of which is... that Marge turns to him and has a black eye. Um, and, of course, he's completely horrified that that might have happened, you know, like that. And that image of Marge with a black eye is quite shocking, you know. Um, so, yeah, he thinks for a big chunk of the episode that he might have hit her, which is, you know, obviously something that he would want to forget because it's one of the worst things he can imagine. At Moe's, and this is still very early on, Moe tells him that he came in last night and ordered what's called the forget-me shot. Which Moe obliges people with who want to erase their memories. And there are many terrible, toxic things that go in the forget-me shot. I always like when he says, and the last and funniest ingredient, <laughs> um, when he reaches for the jar of moths, uh, because that last ingredient is the venom of a moth that he has to sort of milk out of its proboscis. 
And he puts his finger there and he goes, oh, come on, sweetie. <laughs> and like when the drop of venom hits the shot glass, it all like sort of roils. And uh, the moth is used throughout the episode as sort of a wipe between scenes. Um, you see the sort of cloud of moths as one scene dissolves into another. And is that taken from the movie? That's taken from something. But eventually, Homer figures out that nothing bad happened and, you know, we are treated to this great party on a riverboat that, that Mar it turns out Marge planned for Homer. And it was going to be a surprise party and he took the shot because he didn't want to ruin the surprise. So we go from possible domestic violence to like the sweetest husbandly thing that Homer could think to do. And the reason why uh, Marge wants to throw a party for Homer and invite like everyone they know, uh, except for Wiggum, <laughs> is that he finished his community service. <laughs> so it's another very sweet thing. Like they really, they really get each other. Those two. Um, another ingredient of this is though, after the Black Eye, Homer also sees that Marge is sitting on the couch with Duffman. And he recalls that Duffman said the phrase, I'm just giving it to your wife. She is going to be sore tomorrow. And it's kind of like, what? Like, what could that possibly be besides something sexual? Like, um, But there is, I guess, a certain type of Simpsons joke that it's like, it could only be one thing, but then in a, completely far-fetched way the overheard thing is something completely innocuous uh, as it turns out the thing that Duffman is giving to Marge is the ice pack to deal with her black eye and the reason why she got a black eye is because She and Duffman were opening up a champagne bottle and the cork hit her in the eye. And they were opening up a bottle because they wanted to congratulate themselves on planning a party so well. Duffman appears at the end on the boat as part of the party. But, you know, all this stuff slowly comes back to him and does not come back all the way. 
until after Homer has jumped off a bridge in despair. And it's as he's falling that he pieces it all together. So that's a pretty cool suspension of time that uh, all of these memories and thoughts are occurring to him during the space of the fall. His descent into the icy river, blackness all around him and snow falling. It's important that there's snow because there's also snow in the beginning. Uh, the way the episode opens, as I mentioned, is um, you see cars covered in snow and Lindsay Nagel brushes off her car, gets in it, and then you see that the next mound is not a car but Homer. And the falling snow as he is falling, it, you know, just looks very pretty. So his final thought, his, you know, thing that he thinks aloud as he realizes that he doesn't need to fall off the bridge or jump off after all is, oh my God, I hope that party has a moon bounce. Because he, he deduced everything down to the fact that it was on a boat. Um, and then it does. <laughs> Conveniently. As they're doing the conga line and everyone is really having such a wonderful celebration to celebrate the end of Homer's community service. Duffman is like leading that and then he stops and he goes, so you want to pay for the extra hour? Or <laughs> and of course the answer is yes. And he's like, yay. Um, and they sail off into the night together. To the strains of day after day, which is a great choice in music. And that's basically the whole episode. And it, um, the reason why I chose to talk about it is because it's really impressive. You know, I mean, yes, it was inspired by something that existed. You know, it wasn't completely come up with out of whole cloth, but they were um, very inventive within that uh, structure that was given to them. And it's one of the only later ones where I'm sort of taken out of my comfort zone but not in a bad way as a viewer all of this is very believable and there is uh, you know a convincing emotional weirdness to Homer potentially finding out something terrible I guess it is a little bit like, I mean, 
not exactly like, but a little bit like when he severs his thumb by mistake in Trilogy of Error. You know, it's like, wow, he really did sever his thumb and he has to go to the hospital immediately. It's less of a slapstick thing and more of a real people doing things thing. The only thing that I object to a little bit is uh, the squirrel, which we also see later in another episode. Isn't that squirrel in other episodes? Or maybe I'm just thinking of something else. Uh, the design of the squirrel, I think, is so, uh, like, too grotesque. And when I researched it, I realized that they, or I didn't realize it, I learned it, um, that they were trying to copy the drawing style of Ice Age, and that squirrel is a character from Ice Age, which is kind of like, I don't know why they would do that. They have perfectly good animal designs that they can use. <laughs> he has sort of very bulging eyes and uh, this weird wide head. Speaking of animals, uh, the only piece of the pu puzzle that turns, you know, still comes up missing is that Homer doesn't know why Santa's little helper growled at him. And it is revealed that the reason why is because Santa's little helper never gets fed or walked by Homer. <laughs> He's just had enough of being ignored by Homer. So a little bit of a throwaway joke at the end. Oh, and Patty and Selma, of course, encounter Homer on the bridge and encourage him to dive off. This has been Simpsons Time. As always, I thank you so much for listening to it. I still have not discussed that great Heavenly Creatures episode. I still, I can't get the image of troll Homer <laughs> out of my mind that is uh, called back to several times in that one. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this week's Simpsons time, little season 19 jam for you. We are listening to the Brady Bunch covering Badfinger and Day by Day. My name's Amanda Nazario. I'll be back next week with more Simpsons stuff on the WFMU podcast, Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. Um, I'm on social media if you want to follow me. I'm on Twitter as Amnaz, A-M-N-A-Z-Z. -Z, and that links to my WFMU profile. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, 
A-M underscore N-A-Z-Z. And I'm on Tumblr, and I'm my Tumblr is mostly stuff from the TV show MASH, but there's other stuff there, too. Amanda hyphen MASH notes. Very self-conscious that I revealed to all of you that I'm on Tumblr, but so be it. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.